Hi, everybody. We have a really terrific show for you today. You are going to love it. Inspiring leaders with life-changing ideas. Today, we have Melanie Williams. She is the Senior Vice President of Frontier, Communi Frontier Communications, which is in the South region. She was the president of Verizon Florida before Frontier acquired them. She is a spectacular woman with incredible leadership skills. We have Melissa Ng Goldner, and Melissa has just become a partner of Profit Consulting. Before that, she was with Slalom, and she has been with Ogilvy and Mather, and also with Accenture and many other boutique opportunities. These women are incredible. You're going to love them. I do. I'm Lorraine Siegel. I'm the Chairman, CEO, and Founder of the Exceptional Women Awardees Foundation. Why did I start this foundation? Well, when I was going through my career as a lawyer, then as a CEO of multiple companies, and even as a board director more recently, I never had a mentor. And at the foundation, what we do is we enable high level, high potential women to rise in their career. And that was something I always wished I'd had. And so we came back to start a foundation to enable women to do exactly that. We are close to 70 women now, and each one of them is absolutely exceptional. And two of them today you are going to enjoy very much. Let's go right to the first one, because today is a very, very special day. It is the Martin Luther King Day, and Melanie Williams, our SVP of Frontier Communications, has very special feelings about that. Welcome to both Melissa and Melanie, and Melanie, let's go right to you. What are your very special feelings about Martin Luther King Day? Thanks, Lorraine. Uh Good evening, everyone. Martin Luther King Day is very special to me because it provides a unique opportunity to pause and reflect on the work that he did on behalf of everyone to ensure a just country. And the other aspect to me is that he gave of himself selflessly. And as a result of that, I think about all that we have garnered today and where we are and how important it is today to look back at what was accomplished and what's necessary for us to go forward. So I know there are a lot of things that are happening, but it's a very special day for us to pause and reflect. And it's something that I do regularly, reflecting on the good, the not so good, and then what do we need to change about ourselves? And then lastly, not even looking at others, but looking at ourselves again. So for me, it's a very special day and I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you and to speak to a number of people about Martin Luther King. You just can't say enough about the life that he's given and um, others and as well as myself and also the opportunity that he paid forward with his life. Absolutely, Melanie. You know, growing up in South Africa as I did, he was our idol as well. He was part of the community that we spoke about, that we had hoped for, and the dreams that he had were dreams that everybody in South Africa eventually had as well. Melissa, you are part of the Asian community. How does Martin Luther King Day impact you personally and the Asian community in general? Thank you, Lorraine, for the wonderful question. I think for me um, in our community, what inspires us the most is that Martin Luther King Jr., um, his quest for equality and non-discrimination. Um, I believe that that is at the heart of what it, it means to be an American. 
many people probably don't know this, um, but at the time that Martin Luther King Jr. was alive, he was one of the most hated people in his lifetime um, in America. But through that, he still fought and he spoke up and he used his voice to speak up against injustice. And that truly inspires me um, because that means that we all have the power to speak up and change. And even if, or especially when we're feeling uncomfortable, we're in this all together, everything we do, everything that we say, it, it's gonna affect one another. So I know a lot of people today um, have either taken off or have off from their work. Um, to do something in service, but I challenge everyone that it's not just about service today, not about service tomorrow. Um, it's what you do two weeks from now, uh, what you do two months from now, two years from now, every day. That's at the heart of Martin Luther King. That's beautifully said, Melissa, thank you. Melanie, uh, diversity, inclusion and equity at DEI, DEI, uh, as you see it in corporations now, everybody's doing something in it. What is your experience at Frontier Communications and what do you think of what's going on now as compared to perhaps even a year ago? But Lorraine, it's just so important now to, to talk and to be open and candid with one another. It's important to hear people, ask them what's on their mind and just genuinely pay attention to what they're saying and also listen for those things they're not saying. So I think that's at the core of any and everything that we do in regards to Martin Luther King is to make sure that we're listening and talking and understanding and also doing it with unity, respect and kindness. And those things still exist and they still matter. And so when I think about what we're doing at Frontier Communications, we're going through a lot of change, but what I will tell you is that we're going through the change together. And when I think about the things that really make a difference to us as individuals and as business and in serving our customers and community is to do it together. When there's that connection and that link and we understand aspects of others' lives and what they need and what they've experienced, it causes us to make those genuine, authentic, have those discussions as well as making decisions that matter in regards to others. So for me, I think that I not only ask that, I, that my team listen to one another, it's important that I model those behaviors as well. And I ask a lot of questions and as Frontier has asked us to do, get down to the lowest level of the business. If that means that you have to walk around and, and talk to your, your, your employees and so forth, because at the end of the day, they are the ones that are making it make it count. So you know, when I think about the, the aspect of connectivity and doing it right and doing it together, there's nothing better. And that means inclusive in all aspects of it with every level of our, our team and our office. I love that. I love that. And I know that you are leading over 1,600 employees. It's a significant portion of Frontier's business. And uh, I bet you inspire people every day, Melanie. You know, Melissa, I remember that at your past role at Slalom Consulting, of course, you're a partner at Profit Consulting now, and it's a new opportunity. So we'll still have to see all the wonderful things you'll do there. But at Slalom, you had set up a DEI program. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so my vision was that um, it's not just a person who is your inclusion diversity lead or um, the diversity um, or HR that should be responsible for diversity, equity, inclusion efforts. My vision was that every single person with a Swellum.com email address, every single person that um, came into the organization has a responsibility to do something to help with action. And that's why we kicked off an IND action committee. Uh, the big word here and the special word was action. Um, it's not just talk, it's about what can we do leveraging real data within our business place to improve true gaps um, to make this a better place to work. Um, so one of the things that we deployed was um, the steering committee and it consisted of all these wonderful um, employee resource group leaders across three different markets within slalom and all of us gathered together to melanie's point to look at real issues and problems and address them and make sure that we have the right resources for them so that was something um, that i think is critical within our business you know melissa i know that you are somebody and melanie too who are willing, both of you are willing to have uncomfortable conversations and you have become comfortable with uncomfortable conversations. And so, Melissa, we're going to dig a little deeper now and I, I have your permission to talk about this with you. So uh, I don't want our audience to think I'm putting you on the spot about something you had not agreed to discuss. But when I first met you, I met you because you wrote an article and when I read that article, first of all, it moved me to tears. And secondly, it said to me, this is an exceptional woman who needs to be part of our foundation. Would you be willing to share the story that led to the writing of that article? Definitely, Lorraine. So I'm very lucky to have found my why, my purpose, if you will. I'm very young in my life. Um, there were two experiences when I was younger that I felt like my voice was taken away. The first was I was raped and the second one was uh, sexually molested. These two events uh, really helped morph me to the woman that I am today. It provided me the ability to have empathy and also understand the power of forgiveness. I really am thankful that these situations occurred. Um, and if you were to ask me, you know, would you take these two situations back? I would say no. And the reason is because it helped me understand what my purpose is, which is to uplift and be an amplifier for women's voices, especially in underrepresented groups. And you wrote an article talking about this, which was a tremendous stigma in the Asian community and the fact that you were prepared to publish something like that is quite remarkable and you are a woman of deep and immense character and I'm so proud to have you as part of EWA. So Melanie, you have an incredible story and your journey, uh, please go back to when you were 13 uh, yes. because that is such a great story. It uplifts me every time I think about it. So tell us about what happened when you were 13. Well, Lorraine, let me tell you, I um, I have a sister and my father uh, was the only one that worked and my mother was disabled and not able to work, but uh, he was doing the best that he could. And I could tell you that um, one day I'm at in, in middle school and I'm called to the cafeteria and they tell me that I can't eat today. And the reason why they said I couldn't eat was because my lunch check bounced. 
And so uh, that happened once and my father said he'd take care of it. It happened again and again and again. So when I think about the correlation of being hungry and, and, the, and the work that I do today, every day I come in wanting to make sure that I'm doing the right things for my team members, my colleagues and so forth. And so this story just, just is a constant reminder to be grateful uh, for opportunities and, and to make the best out of them because they can get better. And so what I did was I went to Burger King and I know you like to hear this story. I, um, I uh, went to and talked to the manager and I said, hi, I'm 13 years old, I'd like to work. And he kind of gave me this crazy look like, are you kidding me? You're just a kid. And, and he said, come back next week. And so next week I um, took the bus and I went over to the Burger King and I said, I'm back again, it's next week. And he's like very surprised. And so he said, well, come back in two weeks and we'll see what happens at that point. Two weeks I was back and and he told me again, he said, he just looked at me and said like, you're not going away. And, and that was the first lesson out of all of this is that perseverance matters because I did that for months and, he finally said to me, come back and talk to me when you turn 14. And guess where I was on my 14th birthday? I went into that Burger King and I said, I am 14 now and I like my job that you promised me. And so he uh, asked me to come to the back room. My father was sitting in the parking lot and waiting for me to come out. And I brought my Burger King uniform out and he was very pleased. I think my father cried on the spot and it was the greatest birthday present I could have ever gotten because it taught me the lesson of perseverance and and how much it matters. And, you know, that was hard at 14, trying to go to school and get the school bus and then get um, home from school, get my homework and then go and, you know, make money for the for my family as well as for myself. I just thought that I couldn't be a, a burden to them. I wanted to be responsible and it taught me uh, responsibilities right then and there. And it taught me that I, it, my team will tell you now, I never accept no for an answer. So I learned that at 14 and it worked out well. And you are still making no into yes, wherever you go. It's amazing. Yes. And, uh, and I know, I know you're an SVP now in a, in a very large company. You are going to be a CEO one day and not too far in the future because, Melanie, you have what it takes. You've got the leadership, you have the insight, you have the experience, and you have the humility. And that's really what it's all about. So something else that's very special is that Melissa just had her first baby, little Emily, who is beyond adorable. And Melanie, you have a number of children as well. So I'm going to stay with Melanie for a moment. You have children who are older. I think you're a grandmother too, aren't you? And then I you have am. You are grandma, well, so am I, and it's the best, best experience. But you also have twin girls who are teenagers. So you have gone from working at Burger King to SVP in a major company. How have you managed to raise such an amazing family in the process? Well, first thing that I do is just take every day, one day at a time. I'll live today and I'll reflect tonight and I'll start again tomorrow. But there are four key things that I live by. And the first being just knowing my facts. I want to make sure that I understand what's going on, what I'm going after, and how it will impact our business. 
So I, I want to be confident. I want to make sure that my confidence comes across because I'm willing to learn and, um, and continue to ensure that I am representing my team in a, in, a, in a way that they are comfortable with and trust. And then secondly, I, um, I, per, I mentioned learning and I just can't say that enough. No matter what job I had, had at the time, and I continue to do this every day, is find something that I learn every day. And if it means taking a class, certification, going back to school, uh, sitting with a technician, going to a call center, whatever it takes in order for me to learn more about the business. And, and for that, I, I, I want to make sure that everyone knows that those are those are things that are ingrained in me, but there is something else too, and it's ownership and recognizing that my failures are a part of growing as well. And so um, I make mistakes and I may not make the right decision at the time, but I know my intent is to do what is best for everyone. And so in, in that learning of the four steps that I usually put in place is just to own my success and that sometimes that's harder than even owning your failures because sometimes we can be more critical of ourselves but both of those matter and then the other is take action no matter what and then at the end of the day i'll just wrap it back up with reflection and that's what martin luther king day stands for for me is to continue to reflect on what happened yesterday what i did better today and what i can do better tomorrow thank you mm -hmm. What a beautiful philosophy, I love it. Um, so Melissa, Emily is sleeping through the night, she's the perfect child, of course, and you're adjusting to motherhood uh, and about to go back to a fabulous new job as the partner of Profit Consulting. How has motherhood changed you and how do you think you'll change in the workplace? Oh, great questions. Um, first, I think motherhood has changed my perspective. I, I've been joking around with some of my colleagues and my friends that now I have a, a mom, mommy filter, if you will. Um, everything that I look at it looks a little bit different through the lens of being a parent. Um, I think one of the biggest and cr most critical changes that I've noticed is a change within myself. Um, it is really to go deep and understand my um, internal struggles and um, the language in which I use for, to speak to myself and make me have the ability to really try to be a good living example for my daughter. She really um, set the right example and, and to be authentic with it, not expect um, her to um, be able to move forward with a hypocrite of a mother. So for example, positive body image, you know, not allowing um, social media to um, dis make you disgruntled in terms of how you look from a day-to-day -day basis. I want to be that person for her. I joke around that I went to the hospital for an unplanned C-section and I came back with a heart surgery, a bigger heart. Um, she has definitely created a way for me to look at things with more empathy and more love. And I really appreciate that. From a work perspective, you know, what I'm inspired by is the change of the workforce. COVID these days um, is really having businesses look under a microscope at their current policies and procedures. Work tomorrow is going to be very different than work prior to COVID. Um, I do believe that there are opportunities though, opportunities to disrupt 
gender stereotypes. So not just flexible work um, or childcare options, I think that is really important, but I think that there is an opportunity to really look at policies and the procedures. Can we make our maternity leave policies the same length as our paternity leave policies? Can we ignite that kind of recognition and rewards um, and change that script for men also to get um, rewarded and not punished for taking off time to help develop and 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 grow their families um, increased protection against dismissals um, addressing pay gap um, through transparent data um, being able to start talking about that with their peers and really understanding are there any inequities and how do, what do we do to address them I think one of the most important things that I've always taken to heart is the importance of having women's representation from right out of college all the way to the boardroom. Um, it's really to be intentional in regards to who you're partnering with. Can you partner with women-owned businesses? Um, and in all of that, I think you need to wrap it up with something that's critical and important that I think many organizations can potentially miss, which is collect the data. Collect the data and track the impact because that's going to make you accountable. Someone Thank told you. me once that right. you measure what you value. Yeah, I love it. Very, very extensive uh, changes so happening in the workplace. We have a whole bunch of questions on LinkedIn. So I want to take the first one. Uh, the producer will put it up for us. And it's uh, the, the answer is going to be very interesting. Melissa, how do you get the support for ELT of ELT for DNI programs when they don't understand the value? Very good question. So I will go back to what I just said. It's really understanding the data. Um, I think that in a person's shoes, what has been really successful for me when having any types of client conversations or clients with your senior executive team is to understand your stakeholders, understand what are their whys, what drives them? Is it the bottom line? Is it um, their legacy? I think if you can understand what really makes somebody tick and what really inspires somebody, that is truly helpful to what you integrate into your business case. Additionally, I think having the data um, is, is really important. So understanding what are the gaps through actual data. You could have HR information or have your recruitment team share recruitment information with you. Um, there's also sentiment data that you can receive from employee um, resource groups or employee surveys. So leverage that data because that will showcase the differences in terms of not taking an off-the-shelf approach to a situation, but really being critical and addressing the heart of the issue. Thank you so much, Melissa. We have so many LinkedIn questions and I want to make sure we give everybody that we can a chance. So a couple more going up now and uh, will be interesting to see uh, from Anna in Dallas. And Melanie, I'm going to send this to you on what are the traits of an inclusive leader? Well, it's Melanie Williams, but <laughs> tell us what you what you think here. Just a few, not not too long because we've got lots more questions we want to get through. Yes, completely understand. I'll make it simple. Ask questions every day. Ask why and what, and then ask the question, what am I not asking you that you believe I need to know because I may not know that I'm supposed to ask that question. So you don't know what you don't know. And I'll say that as long as you're talking to your employees and they're being honest with you and you're asking them for the, the answers that, that they believe 
are, are what's in their hearts and souls and what they see. I think you have to respect and make sure that they're very much heard. So but I'm an advocate for making sure we're asking a number of questions until there are no more conversations in the room. You know, Melanie, I, I, I hear the words you're saying, but it is so much more difficult than it sounds because when your heart is in it and you're trying to ask the right question, but you don't, you're not in the shoes of the other person who you're questioning, there is such tremendous exposure for saying the wrong thing. So how do you get over that part of it? I, Lorraine, I'm a, I've been fortunate since um, I've been at Frontier Communications. I have a, a great network of friends and family that I work with, wonderful colleagues, professionals who I've always been very candid with them and they are very candid with me. And um, I tell you that, you know, they are the reason why I'm here today because of the fact that we do this all collectively and together. And so I'm a, I'm a bit comfortable with being uncomfortable because I thrive in those opportunities. I love to bring solutions to the table. I love to hear other solutions and we put our heads together to make it better. And so uh, for me, it's, it's all about making sure that we ask the questions. And if I don't know the question to ask, I say, tell me what I'm not asking that I need to know. I like that. That's that's the one I'm gonna take for when I'm not sure what the right thing is to say. So let's see, there's uh, so many more LinkedIn and I apologize to those of you we cannot get to. We'll try and take uh, a few more before we have to end our shows. So let's see, oh, there's Jose in Miami. And uh, this is a tough one. Once you've identified your own unconscious biases, how do you keep yourselves accountable? So, Melissa, keep your answer short because Melanie's going to give us one too, and then maybe we'll squeeze in one more question. Melissa. I think one important thing is an accountability partner. It's just like how I was able to go to the gym in the past. If I knew that I was going to disappoint somebody by not showing up, you know, I increased my my probability of attending. So one is definitely an accountability partner. Um, the other one is just having kind of a trait to always be open to feedback and creating a feedback culture. Um, and what that means is, you know, looking at your practices, your day-to-day -day practices and asking people, hey, what can I do to be better? Have I had any unconscious biases? And creating the space where people understand that um, an unconscious bias is unconscious, right? We all have all them. So creating a space to create that self-reflection and come up with a plan together on how we could all show up better for each other in the workplace. Yeah. Melanie, how about you? I, I say that I'm very open in front of others. And when I'm um, not being as sensitive as I should be, I ask the question, I look at the body language, I ask, did I say something, did I say something that offended you? And what could I have done differently? So exposing yourself and making sure that others know that you also make mistakes and that you can admit to those in front of others creates an environment of trust and respect. And when you have trust and respect, the dialogue really starts to open at that point. And so recognizing that we all come to the table with unconscious biases and asking that when I do something or say something that just did not sit right with you, don't be afraid to tell me because the only person that loses is in this is me because of the fact that I may do it to others and I may not know that because I'm representing you, I'm I'm exposing others to things that are just not right. So I want help at all times, no matter who it comes from. We all work together and I just have a wonderful team of people that we support and respect and trust one another. And so honesty is part of that deal as well. 
Yeah, and and you've brought that, both of you have brought that to EWA so that we have been able to weather this year, the last year, uh, together and get over some terrible times when people around us have been suffering. And in COVID, many of our friends and family are still suffering. And that's added another aspect to uh, diversity, inclusion, and equity. Because in COVID, there's a tremendous amount of negative impact that have happened for women. And so many more women have lost their jobs. And so this has been a real, real problem. But we're here, we're leaders, we're gonna help our women folk come out of it. And we are going to bring our beliefs and our uh, leadership to the communities that we are in. And I'm so grateful to both of you for being on our show tonight because you've given us insights, you've given us lots of information, and you've also given us hope and belief. And so I say thank you to both of you and uh, want to now remind everybody we have another fabulous show coming up in about 30 days. We have two amazing women, also EWAs. One of them is Christine Kine, and she is the Chief Operating Officer of MFB Fertility. And with her will be Vanessa Belozarov, who is an Executive Director for Portfolio Management and Business Excellent for Amgen. And we'll talk about the pharmaceutical and biotech industries and how big and startup companies deal differently with culture and also with entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship. It's going to be an incredible show. Please join us soon on February the 4th. And in the meantime, I will leave you with our question. We always have a question at the end of the show. And this one is going to be, what do you think about, talk about, and do that's different on Martin Luther King Day, which you carry on to the rest of your week, month, and year? Please put your answers up to my email, which is up on the screen now. I hope you join us for our next show. Thank you for being with us on this one. And my apologies to those whose questions we didn't get to. Thank you all. Have a wonderful month and see you soon.